Are you ready? They think you can tell us what to do. You think you can tell us what to wear. You think that you're better. Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down. Welcome to the Room for Error podcast. The podcast that likes sports and they don't care who knows. This is, this is Cole Sheets and I am with my brother from another mother, Dan Harmson, and we have a microphone-less initial guest, the resident redneck, Taylor Hall. <laughs> you can say the word <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> well, if you have... Well, uh, I guess we're jumping right into the profanity, huh? Yeah. You know, this is a family podcast, Cole. Is it, though? I was, I was Sometimes figured, it doesn't feel like that. Well, I always figured, you know what I mean? Some dad's going to be like, oh, hey, mom, you know, like his wife, oh, this is really funny. No, we should listen to this on our car trip, and then we're going to have Taylor dropping F-bombs like, I don't, 10 seconds I, in the I podcast. Mean, I don't mean to throw stones at anybody here, but I don't think that that's the, tar- the target demograph here. Demograph or demographic? Well, it's the same thing. For sure the demograph was like a, a that little monster in Stranger that's, that's Things. That's the demogorgon. Stranger Things. I'm pretty close, right? Yeah, I think you're right, though. Taylor, you're the resident Stranger Things. Yeah, you're the expert. resident Stranger Things expert. Can I you, accidentally uh, texted you about it that one time, and you <laughs> and you just replied. Yeah, yeah, it was good. So, I'm I'm mopping up what you're spilling. Yeah, I'm scooping what you're pooping. Well, this is the uh, what are we? We're in episode number seven now. We're Siente. Gain, we're gaining some steam here. Um, it it really shouldn't be too long before Taylor Hall has a microphone, and then who? Whoever our next guests are after this, but I assume lots of professional, you know, young people want to be on here to boost their careers and their profile. That's why I'm here. Yeah, all of our seventy-seven Twitter followers. There's just the audience is just such a huge capacity that there's no way it can't boost someone's career. That's right, right. Um, so I guess, uh, Danny, how you doing today? Taylor Hall, how are you doing today, buddy? Uh, we're living the dream. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Okay, Marshawn. Uh, yeah, that's funny day in sports history. Yeah. Happy anniversary to Marshawn Lynch, the day he stole the golf cart on the football field during an injury and drove it around. <laughs> uh, so the cocktail of the week here, what I've got is a Canadian mule. We've all heard of the Moscow mule. We've all heard of the London mule. I haven't. Uh, the London mule is just gin and ginger beer. London dry gin. I'm going to be guys honest. Does ginger beer exist? For anything outside of making these mules, because I haven't heard. Yeah, I've, I'm. It's been around for forever. Man. I've never even heard of the, the thing. Yeah, it's just this. it's like it's it's like spicy. Like if you were to drink ginger beer by itself, like you would think it's doesn't seem like something like spicy I'd do. soda kind of. Like it's I don't know. It's hard to it's describe. Kind of like root beer. So it's just like sort, root beer with ginger. sort of. But like you know, okay. Like have you ever eaten like the ginger, like the little ginger sh- like shave part like that you get at an Asian restaurant that you're supposed to eat with like the wasabi. Kind of, do I look like the kind of guy who eats wasabi? You eat a shitload of Asian food. I don't know. You tell me. I don't eat spicy shit. I'm not saying it has I'm to Dutch. be mixed with this. Okay, for Christ's sake. The the ginger, it's like a palate cleanser almost. It's got this very, like, like unctuous clean, cleaning out of the sinus flavor to it. It's like spicy, but not spicy. It's like It's like horseradish kind of. Okay. So, anyways, like that's what I'm still trying to figure out what unctuous means. Yeah. 
Anyways, it doesn't really matter. But anyways, yeah, really. Where did we, what are we talking about? This well, I'm, about my. Somebody's dog ate rat poison, and they're trying to get him to throw up, and they created ginger beer. That well, sounds close, right. but then when you take ginger beer and you mix it with these products, which I call the Canadian Mule. Uh, Is it weird? Well, it should have a jean jacket. It's, uh, it should. It's uh, Canadian whiskey with the ginger beer and a, a fairly large portion of lime juice, and that's what you get. Dan, tell me what you think of that there cocktail. It's not too bad. Not Taylor, too bad. Taylor Hall, what do you think? Is this a real copper mug? Is this a faux copper mug? How the hell do you have a faux copper mug? Well, it's silver on the inside. It's not I don't know. copper color. Touch, touch the copper. Is it colder than shit? Because that will be a pretty good indicator. Copper on the outside, silver on the inside. Yeah. Um, Cream on the outside, copper. No, no. As Alicia Keys said, this Canadian fuel, <laughs> this drink is on fire. So Taylor likes it. As Alicia Keys said. If you were hoping for a sports show that stays on the rails today, you're in for a treat. <laughs> like Alicia Keys said back when they signed the Declaration of Independence. This mule is on fire. <laughs> Did we quit when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? What Animal House, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let him go with it. He's on a roll. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so that's the... Tasty uh, drink. Tasty drink. Yeah, tasty drink. Tasty beverage. And um, speaking of tasty drink, Dan, why don't you take a little swig out of that treat you brought yourself? Don't you... Do you have an actual shot glass for me? I just got to take a pull Come here. You, you're fine. Are you going to record this and put it in the fantasy football group so I don't have to do another Why did Were you the low score of the week? I think two weeks ago I was. Oh, well, hang on. I will record you. All right, so... Let's talk about why you're doing what you're about to be doing. Why I'm doing this. A, I was the low score in our fantasy football league for the week. Why else? And B, um, because I lost Coles in my bet about over, was it Arizona State and Utah? You, yep, I laid the points with uh, Utah on the minus 13 and a half, and uh, they won 21 to 6. So you're uh, you're up, bud. Herm Edwards, you let me down. The fight in Herm Edwards. There's, there it is. I'll give you credit. That was much more than a shot. Good oh, for you. Terrible. Good for oh, you. Give me a glass of water. I'm proud of you. Here's a mule. Oh, Christ. Here's a mule. <laughs> God, this is why I almost didn't survive college. Yeah, it'll be all right. You're going to take another one of those here in a little bit, so just uh, hold on to your hats. Oof. Um, so, Dan, Dan, where do, you, all tingly. where do you want to start? Last week we kind of had like a, a nice little fun tangent where we started on the Iowa game because it was kind of uh, – an easy place to start. We had a lot more to talk about. Um, I just, I think that it's kind of the same thing. Like it seems like there's a lot more to talk about once again with the Iowa game versus the Iowa state game. I don't know. Maybe you feel differently. I don't know if there's that much more to glean from either of the performances. Cause honestly, they were a lot like the weeks previous, right? The only thing I have is breaking news, breaking news here. <laughs> Iowa scored not one, but multiple touchdowns yeah, in their football game but, but multiple it took it it took them till the second half to do it that, so it, multiple touchdowns moral victories baby we all know the hawk fan base is into moral victories it's their favorite thing we're Iowa State fans moral victories is, oh you're right yeah. i got them confused i yeah. forgot we were talking about the second best football team in the state after oh, all jesus christ <laughs> i'm being a hater i'm sorry i'll stop um yeah i i i didn't get to watch a ton of that iowa game i was recording it while i was watching the the clones um, the Hawks. I well, think, you're saying you don't schedule your Saturday habits around watching Iowa and Purdue. 
I honestly kind of thought that Purdue was going to come out swinging a little harder than they were. Um, it, well, it's, they played it's, well. I, well. Yeah, once again, it's a product of that defense that right. that Iowa has. Right. I mean, it had nothing to do with it. Actually, Purdue, freshman quarterback, backup quarterback playing. Yeah. David Bell is very good. Um, a lot of Hawk fans butthurt that they don't have him. Was 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 another one of those, oh, well, we almost had him. Sound like Fran McCaffrey and every basketball recruit ever. Like that that is Iowa Iowa basketball's, you know, if they can come in second for a really good recruit, it makes them really happy. Speaking of which, sorry, not to get off subject here, but that beef I like that guy on Twitter, you saw that, you commented oh, on God. it. Like just butthurt over the Xavier Foster thing. Like Yeah, Xavier Foster, I, I hate to say this, Hawk fans, Xavier Foster is not going to Iowa. He's he's not. He's just not. I don't even think. I don't even know if he's going to Iowa State for that matter. No, I think it's between. You no, know, they say pretty much it's between the two state schools at this point because Baylor just took another seven seven foot guy, so it's not going to be Baylor. But this this one Iowa fan, and I wasn't throwing stones. First of like, all, you shouldn't pick a fight with. I didn't Iowa pick. Fans a, I legitimately, I legitimately didn't even pick a fight. And this dude was saying, kid, the guy probably had a seventh grade education. The goal. dude was saying to me, like how I'm underestimating. Like people are underestimating these the NBA potential for some of these players. Like, like I'll give, I'll give Wieskamp credit. I think maybe he has a chance, but he's talking like Jordan Bohannon and he even had the gall to mention Garza is an NBA prospect. Like, are you shitting me? That was, that is one thing, you know what I mean? That there's been a lot of this back and forth. Um, is that, you know, and I think you could say the same thing for Iowa football and Iowa state football, but it's roles are reversed. Right now, if you are an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman or a linebacker or a defensive back, tight end, and you want to be in a first-round NFL draft pick and you've got that kind of talent, you would obviously pick going to Iowa over Iowa State. 100%. Okay, the difference is is there's like 2,000 NFL players. There are 400 NBA players, if that. So for yeah. Iowa State to have nine guys on NBA contracts – um, even if they're not superstars, Morris is the closest one to that. I think that's still pretty imp- impressive compared to Iowa's zero. And if you want to get in the NBA, um, I, I just don't see – Wieskamp, I think, will be an NBA player, but we also said the same thing about Aaron White and a lot of these other guys. So Yeah, and I mean, I think probably the closest one, closest prospect they've had in recent memory, like just thinking off the top of my head, like I thought Jared Utoff, honest to God. Well, I, well yeah, he got signed for like a 10-day contract here, and yeah. they cut him like a I day I think is Peter Jock might still be in the G League, though, truthfully. He, he was be. with the Suns right. G League team. I, I don't know where they're out of, not that it really matters. But anyways, yeah. sorry, that was a huge tangent. Um, but again, when it, when it comes to uh, the football game, um, I thought Purdue was going to come out swinging a little harder. Uh, they, they had the credit, most Big Ten. It. They had the most Big Ten score of all time at halftime at nine to seven. Like right. what? What the hell? What the hell? Right. It's so boring. So boring. Some people enjoy defense. Yeah. Well, the Big you know Twelve. The Big, 12 the, the, big the, the Big Twelve does not play any defense. That's uh, we're accustomed to that at this point. No, I just I don't know if there's that much more to glean off of it besides. We all said that what, it's a bro- what the this this we all said earlier in the week that you know you are insane if you don't take Purdue to cover, and what ended up being you know the bets kept coming in Iowa and it ended up being like eighteen and I think it ended up being like an eighteen and a half point spread by kick. Was it really? All yeah, the, all kept the, getting bigger. Yeah, I was gonna say all I saw was sixteen and a half. So there, that means that people were legitimately people kept putting like money there in was Iowa. money coming in on Iowa, which I can understand. Truthfully, you'd think that okay, they've had these two weeks in a row. It's looked pretty poor. The offense has been bad. They were due for a bust out, breakout sesh, and 
none of that happened. No, the run game, I think, continues to struggle. Um, yeah. But we saw some difference. So Brandon Smith gets banged up this week. Um, I think that's going to, you know, could have a big impact with them going down. Actually, it, it may mean we actually get to see Oliver Martin. Been a long time since we heard of his name. I remember preseason how much we heard, oh, four to five for six, how many times that's going to happen. And Oliver Martin could change the entire Iowa offense this season. How's that going? Landon Akers has more receiving yards than Oliver Martin. Which is what, like 45 at this yeah. point? I mean, to this point, you almost can see why Campbell didn't offer him coming out of high school. But that's just me. Yeah, we won't we won't pound our chest too hard with that one, but I, I don't know. I, I just I, I'm I'm still baffled. I mean, you you called it what two weeks ago when right. you said that this Iowa thing, when they get into these funks like this, it's a it's like a three week process. And I honestly I I I took the bait. I did not think that it was gonna be a two to three week deal. And here we are on week three of this scary I don't offensive see, I output. Don't see, I don't at this point your offense is what it is, right? And now you're starting to get banged up. The offensive line is is what it is at this point. Your guard play and your center aren't very good. Um the running game has been inconsistent at best. Um your best wide receiver is now down. I don't I think they'll beat Northwestern. Um that being said, we we've all seen Pat Fitzgerald pull Pat Fitzgerald to Iowa is like Bill Snyder to Iowa State. Accurate as hell. Like pulls out all and similar guys in general pull but pulls all the tricks out of his sleeve and that is the one game like they are going to win no matter no, what. Yeah. Or, you know, at least get close. So I'm not going to go out and say Iowa can win this, is going to win this game by 10 points. I think they're capable. I think they have the talent and the players to do it. Um, but for me, they're just, I don't, I think their offense is what it is at this point. I think seven games into the season, you kind of are what you are right now. That's my thought. Yeah. And, and Northwestern, like, make no bones about it. I think that there is still talent there. This is a team that's coming off of a, a Big Ten championship game berth. So don't forget that. And they're on, I think, their third-string quarterback at this point. Like, it's no wonder they only put out 10 against Ohio State uh, this past week. You know, they're they're not going to put up a bunch no. of points, and they're not going to stay on the field for very but long. And so their defense still knows, ends up giving, yeah. giving up 56 points. And that defense knows how to not make mistakes and not shoot itself in the foot. But when you're going against a team like Ohio State, like, you're just going to get torched no matter what. Now, this Iowa offense isn't even – 30% as athletic as the Ohio State offense. No. And so Northwestern's going to get a chance to shine on the defensive side of the football and give it to their offense and say, okay, go score us some points. Now, I'm with you. I don't think that happens. But Pat Fitzgerald I think, takes care of Iowa at home, it I, seems I like. I think that we will see a better a better outing in Northwestern, not saying they're going to win. Um, but I think we'll see a, a really good outing out of them. They got their asses kicked on national TV last week um, versus Ohio State. And I don't know if you watched – Pat Fitzgerald's post-game comments were pretty entertaining. He goes out there basically like, oh, hey, just got to hand it to him. Like, not even mad. Nothing we could do. We knew what plays were coming. Wasn't anything different. We didn't see it tape. We knew where the ball was going every play, and we still couldn't stop it. So give them credit. But that's a team that knows what success feels like. And those are teams that actually you see. I don't even remember, like, Campbell's first Iowa State team. This is the point where those teams usually turn the corner and, you know, developmental programs you know, and teams that are down and rebuilding start playing really better this time of the year. Right, like take some of those recruits right. and maybe get a little extra playing time. Like maybe they're freshmen, maybe they're right. redshirt sophomores, and they're going to get on the field for a little bit. Right. I, I don't know what what is what's the line in that one at right now. Um, 
Uh, last I saw it was minus ten and a half Iowa. Um, yeah, it's still it's still plus ten and a half Northwestern. So either way you want to slice it, the over on that one is thirty seven and a half. So what Vegas is telling me is that that is going to be a gross, low scoring, ugly game. Like they're they're basically calling right now for Iowa to win that game, seventeen to ten. And so if you're thinking Northwestern's going to win that game, you take the points, you take the ten and a half, then you have to hammer that over. To me, and you're you're thinking maybe it'll be a oh shit twenty seven twenty four win for Northwestern if you're taking the plus ten and a half. I I don't see it happening. Still, I don't either. Um, I definitely see the over hitting though. Um, I I think that Northwestern can put up more than ten points, and I think that Iowa can put up more than seventeen. Right. Well, that's kind of how I'm. We looking saw at an it. offensive like a, explosion from the Hawkeyes this weekend. Yeah, two touchdowns. It was incredible. Yeah. Shane, your neighbor over here is probably pumping his fist. Two touchdowns. Yeah. Probably listen to Gare. Touchdown. Touchdown, Iowa. <laughs> oh, I tell you, Gare, God's team came out to play today. <laughs> this this is what we've been waiting for all year. So, I don't know if you guys know that, but uh, not only do we have Taylor Hall in the studio, in the Man Cave Media studio, we also have uh, the Dol- the Dolph and uh, and uh, our boy. Ed Podolak. Ed Podolak. In the corner. In the corner. So, yeah, we've got three special guests, so you're surrounded by royalty, Taylor. I feel honored. <laughs> Good lord, Taylor's uh, very excited to be here. I just—he's covering his coughs up like we give a shit. Like, <laughs> I here's the deal. What's Iowa got? Iowa has so they've played Penn State, they've played Michigan, they don't have Ohio State. Basically, they Correct. have Wisc- is Wisconsin next week? No, um, well. Yeah, let's see. They got yeah. It is next week. No, excuse me. They have a bye. So um, Iowa and Iowa State are off the the weekend of November second, so which is going to be awesome because we get to watch LSU and Alabama. No interruptions at two thirty. That's right. going to be sick. Uh, yeah, they go to Northwestern, to Wisconsin, and then they get Minnesota for homecoming. I'm not going to lie. You know, if you look at these next three games coming up, I really only see them winning one. And I really kind of only think it's the Northwestern game, truthfully. And and I'm not even all that confident in that game. Here's the deal. I don't think Minnesota is as good as our record. I don't think anybody does. But there are certain points where we've seen this time and time again where it, a team is undefeated into November. Um, and actually, Minnesota is starting to play better football, even though they beat Rutgers on Saturday. Rutgers scored a touchdown, by the way. Yeah, they did. Um, but once teams you know, get that point where they're 8-9-0, eight, eight, and oh, whatever it will be going into that Iowa game, they start playing with the confidence of a team that is that high. So – I'm not saying – I don't know. I think it'll be a good football game. But, you know, they still have some meat left on their schedule is what I'm saying. I'm – it's one of those things – I think they've like, easily got two losses left you, you make a You make a good point when you say, you know, there's there's these average teams that can go undefeated into November. It just – it feels a little bit to me like those, those above-average Iowa teams that we saw – you know, in the in the late 2000, you know, like 2009, 2010, 2011, Iowa teams, the one that ends up going to the Orange Bowl um, with one loss, and I think their one loss was to Northwestern, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and they go in and beat a Georgia Tech team. But it's, it's, it's a product of the schedule, but yet somehow they still get into these, like, high-tension competition games and still figure out a way to get it done. And maybe Minnesota's going to pull that out of their hat this year. 
Well, I think we've already seen the same thing. You know, I think everybody, the jury was out on Baylor when they came out firing like that, and now they're to the point where they're 7-0. and But I think we can look at this deal and say, Baylor's a legitimately good football team. I agree. Yeah, they're... Um, And I don't know if Minnesota... I don't think Minnesota's at the Baylor level, but they've won all the games on their schedule. What can you say? Yeah, nothing. You can't say anything. Right. I mean, it's just that's what it, that's what it is. And, I mean, like I said... Those we, are the two... Let, let's put it out there, though. Of all the undefeated teams left in the country... Baylor and Minnesota are the two most surprising, as well as SMU. Yeah, and uh, what do you know who was on SMU's schedule early in the year? I mean, I, I don't think – I that, couldn't even tell you what they have for non-conference games. I couldn't either. I don't think they had anything really huge going on. I know that – oh, wait. No, because SMU's not in the American, are they? Are yeah, they, they are. Yeah, They're okay. So, so then the USF game would have been an American game. Um, it, it's, it's one of those – it's one of those things where I think that, like you said, you've, they've they've played the people on their schedule. They've been pretty average, but you know if they just get into the game and they have a good game plan. Well, they or, had a good showing Saturday. That's for dang sure. Yeah, they definitely did. I think we picked that one in cash considerations, didn't we? The SMU. Oh, oh, yeah, that was one of my locks of the week. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was uh, three and one this week on my locks, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But, um, anyways, moving forward, I guess I don't. You know, we talked a little bit about Iowa here. We've already talked about them for maybe 10, 15 minutes already. Um, the Iowa State game, there's not a whole lot to say. I think they, they fired off, you know, some quick points early in the game and then kind of did the opposite of what they usually do where maybe the first half's a slow start and then the second half turns into a little bit more of a defensive, um, you know, minded, minded team where they just shut everything down. Well, it was a little bit different where they went to – Maybe a little bit more of a conservative play calling on the defensive end and allowed some points. I don't know how you want to look at it. I don't know it, if but they, they you call it conservative. I'd say what it was is Texas Tech was in that three. And I don't know if you've seen this. There's a lot of teams in the Big 12 that have basically copied Iowa State's defense. I've played that 3-3-5 three, three, here. Um, but they uh, they came out basically in that first half. They were they dropped back and a lot, and, and Purdy you know, just diced him up. It was open throws all over the field. We went down the field. And what they did in, this, in that second half as they came out, and even that last series of Purdy's first drive in offense, um, they blitzed and blitzed and blitzed and got pressure into his face, which changed a lot. Um, our defense, you know, don't get me wrong, like there were some people who kept, you know, talking, oh, our defense is really – Iowa State's defense is really leaky the second half. I don't agree with that. I think they did exactly what they were supposed to against a Texas Tech team that was averaging 560 yards of offense a game, and that is not allow big plays, not allow chunk plays. If you're gonna, if they're going to score, make them drive the length of the field and have 11-12 play drive, and that's yeah, exactly, exactly what they make did. Make them take it four, yeah. five, six, eight, make, you know, make eight it, yards Make it an eight-minute drive, yeah. which is tough on our defense because the Iowa State offense came out and we saw multiple two-play drives. And that's tough for your defense, you know, just from an endurance standpoint to come out and do. But that is exactly what a defense and what Iowa State's people people gotta remember. Iowa State's defense is not designed the same way as Iowa's off Iowa's defense is. It's not designed to zero yards, zero score, shut down. It is a very much bend but don't break, don't give up the big play defense, which in the Big Twelve is what you need. Right, I mean, rush the quarterback when you need to. And that was the thing. The, my big concern of the whole thing until we saw the fourth quarter is we did not get very good pressure on the quarterback until Duffy got sacked in the fourth quarter. Right, and I was just – I kind of went through here the box score. Um, their their lone touchdown in the first half, 11 plays, 70 yards – oh, excuse me, 69 yards. Nice. Three, nice. three minutes and 54 seconds. Uh, they don't They don't score again. Um, excuse me. 
They score again in uh, the very first possession of the the first half. It takes them fifth. Excuse me, second half takes them fifteen plays to go seventy six yards. Right. Those are the kind of drives, and we'll see that seventeen plays for right. five minutes. Right. Like, it's just we'll see that when they get into playing Oklahoma, especially Oklahoma and Okie State this week with Hubbard and Tylen Wallace and some of those guys. Yeah. Um, it's very important, especially in the Big Twelve, and that's what the defense is designed to do is limit chunk plays, limit big plays. And, you know, some people were whining about the defense. I, I think that's exactly the kind of – there was a lot of three and outs still. They played well. Um, Purdy was under duress a lot, but actually still played pretty well that second half. I mean, the first half, that was as good as a quarterback play we've seen. But Brees Hall was the story of the second half. Yeah, I mean, he, after they score that touchdown or that first field goal, we have a one-play drive, which is a 76-yard Brees Hall touchdown run. Right. Hotter than donut, Brees. You're a tard. Yeah, that's that was bad. No, it's not. Insert parasol. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should Taylor, have Taylor working a board over here. Taylor Hall just quotes. coming up with fantastic contributions. You know what? That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna ditch this this audio interface. We're getting a board, and I'm putting hotkeys on it, and he's just gonna get to run the hotkeys. That's gonna yes. Taylor Hall is the new producer, the resident redneck producer. It's gonna be great. We'll call it Man, Ca- no. Man Cave Media by Joe Dirt Productions. <laughs> That didn't seem French to me. That seemed very English, but um, no. But again, the Cyclones have a have a good week, and I'm I'm looking forward to a homecoming here. And well, maybe it's been like freaking three weeks since we've had a football game here, and oh I want to be able to go to this one. Oh, how come? What are you doing? I'm going to Duncan, you idiot. Oh, I yeah, told so, you that. Oh yeah, dude. I keep forgetting they moved it up. Okay, get off my back, bro. Okay, well I'll be I'll be coming back Saturday, and probably gonna have to listen to J Dub. So it's the first home game we've had in what two or three weeks here. Yeah, I think that's uh, right. We haven't been at home since TCU. Right. Yeah. And I just found this out. Idiot Ryan Giardino put his wedding on the day of the Texas game. God, I'm so glad I'm not invited to that. Jar, I hope you're listening. Thanks for not inviting me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to get creative because I really want to go to the Texas game, obviously. do We We don't but, know when a kick is for that yet, do we? We don't know what the kickoff time is But that's is stupid games on Longhorn Network, isn't it? No. No, that no. They only get one game a year, one Big Twelve game a year to broadcast, <laughs> and they got a good one, which we're gonna dig into a little bit here right now. Oh, Jesus, let's Christ. dig into well on the league. We got to talk about hey, we got homecoming this weekend. Oh yeah, first. that's right. That's well, right. Yeah, it's not, homecoming. Yeah, Oklahoma State. So I will be. I'll be in the presence of Oklahoma State fans all week. I'm gonna talk a lot of shit. So I'll be I, do that this is, it reminds me of the yeah. last time. The last time I was in. Well, I, I shouldn't say the last time, but one of my favorite times I've ever been in Duncan when Iowa State played Oklahoma State was the most crazy upset, probably arguably, in college football history, which I, Iowa State fans will probably take credit that our football team You were down the re- there for that game. We were in Duncan. That was a Friday night game, Kelly too. and I were yeah. listening to the XM radio call, and Jeff Woody goes in for that touchdown in the second overtime, and you could tell that the – the Okie State, like, wind was just out of everybody's sails, and this announcer just goes, Jeff Woody, left side, touchdown. And you could hear the air come out of his balloon like he knew that everything was ruined. Right. For, well, they had national championship aspirations. Oh, they were, they were going to do it. Because think, what was, was that? That was like Brandon Whedon. No, that, I think, yeah, that was week 10 or week 11. That was a game right before Thanksgiving break uh-huh. because we were about to leave. I remember because they were selling a bunch of cheap tickets, and 
I had stick, stuck around for that one, went to that game. There was, the field, there was maybe, because that was before the end zone club was built, and so Correct. I think our capacity was at like 45,000. No, it was it uh, was 58, but you're close, Cole. I would be hard-pressed to even think that there were 35,000 people in that stadium that day. That you night. weren't there. It was pretty full. I was there. No, Pollard gave away – they gave away $5 tickets to anybody with a student ID. You could buy as many as you want. So I remember there were a lot of people, just random people I knew from Northwest Iowa or wherever that came down for the game, because like, oh, shit, I'll go to – Watched it, what, what I think was the number two team in the country for $5 that night. Yeah, that – well, I mean, hell, you got to see a team that had Des Bryant on it. Des Bryant, Brandon Whedon. I'm trying to think. There, there was a lot who's of studs. Who was their running back? I can't remember. There they was didn't a, run the ball much at that point in the Okie State, like, air raid shit. Like, they really kind of – They had a lot of good wide receivers that came through there. They did, like Justin Blackman, oh, Des yeah. Bryant. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff. A lot of guys that have fizzled out in the NFL. Well, uh, first of all, Brandon Whedon got drafted when he was like 36 years old. It's pretty hard to make a. He was 28, which is how old you are now, Cole. I'm at. I am at the peak of athleticism. Not with those man boobs. That's true. I wear a B cup now. Training bra. Tina got me one. Pretty excited about it. Be truthful. It's gonna keep everything under wraps. While you're walking up and down the stairs. Yeah. Well, by the time you get halfway up, I'm out of breath usually, and so that. You know, that really puts a damper on things. At least with the training bra, you don't have to watch out for that black eye you're going to get. Right, because they won't hit me in the face. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. That's why I'm always looking out for you. Hey, thanks, Taylor Hall ass. I appreciate that. Christ almighty. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so no, homecoming this weekend. Yeah, that's right. We got a, a young Okie State team coming to town. Uh, the best running back in the country plays for Okie State, so we're going to have right. to be careful and One of the here. best wide receivers. I would agree in the Big yep. 12, if not the country. Tylen Wallace is a stud. stud, but they've they've kind of honestly had the same problems that they had the last couple of years, and that being their defense is terrible, and they've got a quarterback who isn't consistent enough to make big plays. This is why Gundy's starting to get a little restless, and I don't know if it's recruiting, I don't know if it's not, you know, just making big changes, you know, necessary changes on the def- defensive side of the ball because their offenses usually can put up the yards, but Spencer Sanders started the year three and zero, it looked really good, but he has been a turnover machine in his first three Big 12 games. Yeah, and I think obviously part of that goes to his age. I mean, it's going to happen with an 18, 19-year-old no matter what. But, well, Brock Purdy. Yeah. Did you see um, Did you see Gundy's little press conference he had? Like there's a – apparently there's been people like chirping at him and like I maybe the, the attitude down in Stillwater has been kind of crappy. He got on the podium um, today and I mean I don't have a transcript of it but and I don't know who posted it or who who asked the question. Who you was, basically know nothing is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. It was just kind of a quick little uh, quip I guess for lack of a better term. It was like a two-minute video and he's talking about how people want to question this and question that. And he goes, you want to know the best way to alleviate all of this is just like to the to the tune of come to the games, come support your team. If you want to complain, he goes, I'm fine with that. You can complain all you want. Just come to the game. Right. And that's all he asked. I was like, man, that's it's, it's about time because I don't think Okie State's like they have not had good attendance. Like you can even see it in the stands. Well, it's just a deal where that team saw a lot of success, you know, two, three, four. They <laughs> Fair had, weather fans. They had four or five ten, ten win seasons in a row. Um, and now it's, you know, they've kind of had some instability at the quarterback position. The defense does not look good, and, you know, they suffered. And that's why I told you at the beginning of the year, I think if Gundy does not have a successful year this year, he's flirted with other jobs in the past, this could be the year that he bolts out of town. Okay, so sidebar then. Uh, who who has an opening at the end of the year that comes after Gundy? Because we saw it with Tennessee this last year. 
before they went out and got Jeremy Pruitt because I think this it could is be Pruitt. Tennessee again. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't think they're going to fire Pruitt. I actually kind of think they like Pruitt. Um, but that's a conversation for another time. Who do you think has a job opening at the end of the year that goes after Gundy? Well, that Gundy would actually SEC con- team. You think so? Well, I don't see him going to the Big Ten. I don't see it happening in the ACC. I don't think he goes to another Big Twelve school. I think no. that I don't. I don't. I think he's got more integrity. I think it would have to be an SEC team. But. Oh, who would it be though? Side note: I think uh, Gundy is sole handedly responsible for bringing back the mullet. I would agree with that. I've seen, oh, dude, I've he's seen got a, the most majestic mullet. I've seen a lot of there. This is true though. Since he brought that bad boy back, I've seen a lot more. Taylor is spitting. Fucking fire here, over here! You just the microphone. Yeah, just, episode? Yeah, just right there. Uh, keep pouring me some BBs. <laughs> BB and Dianus, baby. It's, what, uh, it's America's backbone. America's backbone. Mullets and BV, baby. <laughs> I love it. I so love it. BV's Canadian. That's true. We do need a little bit. I feel of like a, if we do, it's foreign and if domestic. If we go policy. to this game in Morgantown one year and Taylor comes along, he's just gonna be like, you know, I'm just gonna stay here. Just, I, I like, I like it out here. I, I think it would be good for us three to take a trip down to Stilly. Uh, Stillwater would be dope. Stillwater would be fun. We could go to Boontucky Stadium or Boone Pickens, whatever. Boontucky, Boontucky. <laughs> you can't make fun of him. He's dead, Taylor. Well, T Boone Pickens just died like three weeks ago. He did die. Bet you feel like <laughs> soul now. Well, they probably shouldn't include in Boone in their name. <laughs> So Tucky what? Tucky Boone Pickens, when it's pronounced correctly, it's Boone, Boone Tucky T- Boone Tucky Pickens. Christ Almighty! I don't even know where where are we supposed to be in this show? I don't even know. Good God, this is majestic. We need to do this more often. Um. Okay. So, <laughs> what I was asking you is, where is Gundy going? If you think he just picks up and goes, and you think it's an SEC team, are you talking like? Mississippi State, they've been talking they've like been talking um, Joe, Joe Moorhead, Moorhead going to Rutgers. I, I can't see no, that happening. Greg no, Greg Shiano. Way. Okay, so Shiano or bust. Who's at Ole Miss? I can't Would he go to Ole Miss? Luke, I'm trying to think about who took over for Hugh Freeze. I can't remember. Is it Luke Falk? Is maybe still the head coach there? I can't remember. Uh, I don't remember. I I don't know. I okay. How about this? Let's go. Let's go super hypothetical. Let's say Clay, Clay Helton and staff do not get a contract extension. He doesn't. He doesn't go to USC, does he? No, I think USC they, goes USC. after Urban Meyer. Oh, I think there's no doubt about. It. Although Urban Meyer had a you know a little drop in the media this week saying that he he would be interested in coaching the Dallas Cowboys. Er, no, no, no. That's stupid. You don't got to worry about players, you know, getting tattoos there or, you know, Zach Smith going to the strip club. That's true. So. He can just let them do whatever the hell they want, and he's probably just going to be fine with it because they're all going to be making more money than he is anyways. Right. That I wonder if that maybe would be a good fit for Urban because – The problem like, is, like, you've got Jerry – I don't think – Dallas is never going to take the next step until Jerry takes it – you know, Jerry the owner fires Jerry the GM. That's just me. I don't understand what makes him think that he is just so special with football. Well, he did in the 90s. Hell, it worked. Yeah, it's, I think it's because he had. Dallas. I think it's because he had Jimmy Johnson, but that's besides the point. Okay, right. so anyways, moving forward, big game Iowa State this weekend at home. We're a ten and a half point favorite. I'm not sure we're going to cover the spread. I think we probably have a pretty good chance. Like Dan said, they don't take care of the ball very well. They got a really good running back. We've been pretty good in run contain. Orion Vance, do we know how Orion Vance is feeling? 
didn't travel with the team on Saturday. Okay, so he was that's, on probably the travel good, roster that's probably not a good, in the week. good sign. Yeah, I, I've heard everything from concussion to, you know, upper body injury, whether it was stinger or shoulder or things like that. And No, I, I don't know. Thing is, I think without Vance, the defense is less dynamic. And I think Vance being there and putting Mike Rose on the outside um, is better accustomed to stopping the run game and especially like the QB run game. Uh, because Rose is good out in space. Um, more, he's really gotten comfortable Rose is out there. A, Rose is a great open field tackler. Just phenomenal right. open field tackler. So move, having to move him inside and do some other stuff with Bobby McMillan and other things, I think it puts us at a disadvantage. I think the defense is still very solid with Mike Rose. Obviously, he's very comfortable there, played there all last year. Right. Um, you'd like to see him back. But at this point, Campbell Campbell's you know injury status, I mean – he just straight up lies to us every week about who's going to play and who's not. Greg Eisworth looked good on Saturday, though. I'll say that. Yeah, he did. I, I don't know what, where in the game it was at what point it, he laid an absolute tattoo on a dude. Right, right, out, right on the out-of-bounds line. I don't know what the, what the hell was going on, but he absolutely slobber-knocked a dude. And it was good to see. Like I, My initial reaction when I saw him do that, I, I was just, hell yeah. Here's Greg Eisworth. He's back because that's what Greg Eisworth does. Is like he's not the biggest dude on the football field, but you're gonna know where he is. Right. He's gonna lay some wood. He's gonna pop the pads. It's fun to watch him right. play like that. I love watching. I think Braxton Lewis had another good game. Uh, Marshall Spears had quietly a very good game. Yeah, he did. Uh, what well, this is the first year in three years that he has not had an inter. Excuse me, two years he has not had an interception, or for that matter, a pick six against Texas. Tech. It almost happened. It did almost happen. He got really close. I he hit the turf so hard with his right hand. I thought he was going to break his freaking hand. Right. Like he was mad about it. Because I think. Do you think that in the back of his mind? Do you think he knew? Oh, he's. Do you think he it. knew? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing I'd like to see this Iowa State defense take the step in though. Is we have not caused. We I think we've had the opportunity to have a lot of turnovers per game. Like we saw, just you know, we caused a fumble. We almost had an interception. Had a couple opportunities Saturday, but just didn't didn't happen where it could have. Tavon Kyle had a pick, but it was in the back of the end zone. Didn't count. Um, we've had opportunities to force three turnovers and didn't take advantage of them. You're going to need to do that in the next couple weeks. Yeah. Yep. All right. We, we better move on to the Big Ten, Big 12 yeah. more breakdown. Um, yeah. And I guess not necessarily breakdown. I think it's kind of been of a lull of a week, truthfully, like just looking at stuff. Um, big 12, I think the big, the big elephant in the room here is that um, – Kansas-Texas game, but but prior to that, you had Baylor go to Oklahoma State, and that game is super tight going into the fourth quarter. And Baylor scores 35 points in the second half. And I think all of us collectively as Iowa State fans, we're sitting there rooting for Oklahoma State to figure out a way to get it done. And once again, Spencer Sanders shows just a little bit of youth. They turn the ball over. Their defense doesn't play right. that great. They allow some really big plays, which spells some good things for the Cyclones coming up here in the next week. But – Baylor only scores 10 points in the first two quarters and then just absolutely goes off. Right. 21 points in the fourth quarter. A lot quarter of those off, off the turnovers. Yeah, and, and that's one thing to focus on here. And so if if you're like us, you're sitting here thinking about the Big 12 race going forward, um, Baylor's got to lose two at bare minimum for us to th- even think about Dallas, I think. I, I think a one-loss of Baylor, I still think that we don't get to Dallas. Um, no. I don't think Texas is who we thought they – excuse me, is who we thought they were. Uh, watching Kansas, a two-win Kansas team, go into Texas in Austin and challenge them a little bit. Not uh, a little bit. Kansas probably, I mean. They should have won the damn game. Right. And, and credit Les Miles for having the balls to go for two and do some of that stuff. And the other thing, that too, was, to think about that, like I what was I could have watched it, but, you know, once again, 
if it's on the Longhorn Network, does it really exist? No, it doesn't, because apparently we're all just peasants in their world. Um, you know, you look at you look at the way that the Kansas team played uh, Texas. You and I were texting about it a little bit. Um, I think maybe later Saturday or Sunday, I can't remember. The book is obviously out on Texas and how to attack that defense. Well, and they're t- so banged up. I mean, just yeah, and that doesn't help. That doesn't help isn't... either. But like for crying out loud, we're talking about Carter Stanley, like. They don't really have many dynamic wide receivers. Really, the two the two weapons they have on offense, and you can't even call Carter Stanley that. But Puka Williams would be a starter on a lot of Big Twelve teams. Correct. That kid he, is very. First of all, he shouldn't be playing. No, he shouldn't. But here we are. Right. Um. Less miles are in that one in the SEC. Yeah. Yep. The uh. The you can rape and beat the shit out of woman and and still get to play a whole season. Because that's, I apologize that's what we did to in the Bayou. <laughs> the Bayou. Um, but, the again, the book is out on Texas. Todd Orlando is going to have some adjustments, adjustments to make. And he's going to. It, oh, yeah, he will. But um, I think that there are so many other talented offenses out there that, that this Texas team, I think, is going to catch at least two more losses. Um, and truthfully, I think that they come at the hands of Baylor and Iowa State. Um, and, and Kansas State, TCU – is another game we're not going to touch on West Virginia, Oklahoma, West Virginia, or excuse me, Oklahoma does what it does. Kansas State, TCU, TCU outgains Kansas State by over a hundred yards and still loses the football game. I'm I'm a little bit disappointed because I think there was a lot of people that expected expected TCU to have a great bounce back year because they were pretty down last year and they honestly, I don't think we've seen TCU be really that talented of a team from that year where they probably should have been in the playoff and they beat the pants off of what was it Ole Miss in a bowl game? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, we just. And they have offensive struggles. Although Max Duggan had, you know, we saw some pretty cool highlights from him. Uh, Council bus. Yeah, boy. that number twelve cornerback or safety, whatever, whatever he was for Kansas State. Just I saw Brett Spurgeon tweet that one out. Like he just needs to retire. Like legally, he's obligated to retire from football after that because you got stiff armed and it affected you for over fifteen yards by a quarterback. By a quarter. Well, I mean, we'll give we'll give Duggan some credit here. The physicality was obviously at an elite level. Right. Right. But. It's again. It's just kind of been a little bit of a a, a mundane. I don't want to call it mundane because truthfully, the Texas Tech every game every game matters in this though. It does. It, it really does. But it's just it's not these big marquee matchups like I kind of hope like some of these would be. But really, you look at the Big Twelve and re- you're, you're really not allowed to have more than like four really good teams, right? Right. And then when they play each other, it's fun. So you get the Texas and Oklahoma game every year, which is awesome. But let's but call then, spade a spade here. Is you know. Texas and Oklahoma are great, but the third and fourth best teams in the league right now are Iowa State and Baylor, and those are not national brands. So it's hard to get pumped up about. Who's the second best team? Well, I'm I'm saying those are Texas and Oklahoma are the two big brands. At the top oh, of the okay. I'm sorry, I misinterpreted you. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. No, I, I I agree. When when Iowa State and Baylor are your two, you know your right. your other which are good football teams. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. But like, but they're not a national brand. They're not no, something that's going to bring and, and no one's million no one in Ames or at least the smart people in Ames or in the surrounding areas are not going to sit here and pound their chest and act like Iowa State is a a team that people are going to tune into ESPN for you know a two thirty game on a Saturday. That's just not happening, and we know that. Now, if they kind of continue the upward trajectory like they've slowly been climbing this hill, then maybe. But let's not get carried away here. Um, and so next week it looks a little bit more 
more fun. I think there's just two games. I think the Texas at TCU game could be a, a great time. Uh, I wrote this down, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, and, and maybe you will. I, I wrote um, that it's like two wounded animals going into a cage. I would agree with that. It's Both of them are in that position right now. Texas yeah. has a lot to prove. Um, to They should not probably be ranked the 15th best team in the country. They've got a lot to prove, and I think TCU's fighting for bowl eligibility right now. Yeah. I, a young team like TCU needs to go to a bowl game and needs 15 extra practices this year. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, like you and I were talking about before the show even started, I think Vegas knows something here because they're talking about a 15th-ranked Texas team going – into Fort Worth against a sub 500. Well, I guess they're three and three. Excuse me, uh, TCU team and TCU is only catching a single point, which they're basically telling you right now that they really only think Texas is about two points better than TCU on a neutral field. That's crazy, right? But again, like you said, there's there's a lot of injuries there in the Texas defense. I have a question: This, if TCU kind of stays where they are, which is like average bowl team the next year or four years. How many years does Gary Patterson have before he hangs it Man, I love that you just asked that question. How old is Gary Patterson? Oh, he's got to be late 50s at this point. I would think so. He's been there for – he's been there. I mean, he's like the he was second, in the Mountain West. He's the second longest tenured coach in college football outside of Kirk Ferentz. Is that real? That's true? Yep. Kirk Ferentz – yeah. Yeah. Dan's did you know segment. Right. Uh – before he hangs it up, I don't know. I think that you touched on it maybe last week or the week before. I can't remember. The recruiting classes that he's been pulling in, I mean, they're still all top 25 recruiting classes. When, when why are they struggling the way they are? Why are they struggling the way that they are? Why are they struggling the way that they are? That's 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 interesting. I, I don't know that anyone could really pinpoint it. Maybe it's it's a little bit of the, the same disease that... Mike Gundy that, has. Yes, exactly. A little bit of inconsistency at quarterback. The the most consistent quarterback he's had... Of, Trevon Boykin. Yep, Trevon Boykin in recent memory. Um, Kenny Hill, the Texas A&M transfer... Didn't necessarily work out. Didn't necessarily work out the way that he thought it was going to, yes. Um, but what does Max Duggan turn into next year? I think that, that really that might give you right. a lot of indication of what's going to go on in Fort Worth here over the next couple of years. But uh, once again, I think that, that that Texas TCU game is going to be very entertaining. Oklahoma goes to Manhattan, uh, K-State catching 24 points. I, I'm going to reverse course on this. I think K-State might cover that. I agree. Uh, they're a team that plays fundamentally. They, they're going to know how to slow the game down, mm-hmm. um, limit possessions. And they've, got a, they've got a senior quarterback yep. in Skylar Thompson. That's that's a lot of that's a lot of it's it's a lot of ingredients to a good recipe. Right. I, I still think Oklahoma should roll because you know looking at some of the analytics, um, you know, just where they are in terms of you know yards per play, offense, defense, point differential, things like that. Um, I I really think this Oklahoma team is national title contender. One hundred percent. I think they go into Selection Sunday at. 13 and 0 having just come off winning a big 12 championship that's kind of right. what i think um and then lastly um texas tech at kansas kansas catching three and a half um i think they're going to have a that's moral, all the spread there is there yeah they're going to have a moral victory hangover here they're going to be thinking about they're not going to be thinking about how do we take the next step they're going to be riding that high that they almost beat texas texas tech's going to go in and win that game by 17 i would agree that's that's when pretty do they simple. get bowman back 
You know, that's a good question. What did he do? What was his injury? Yeah, it was a shoulder AC joint, was something it? like that. I think it was going to be a five, six week injury. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but um, I don't know. Do you think that they're better off with Bowman? Duffy has looked comfortable. Um, he's played good, but Bowman, I, I think, is a talent level that's quite a bit higher than I, Duffy's. I would higher ceiling, right? I think that you would definitely make the argument that Duffy's got way more but mobility. This is the second year that Bowman has been injury prone. Yeah, that's true. I, I think, like I was saying, I think you'd make the in, um, the argument that that Duffy is more mobile as a quarterback. Mobile, mobile, hostile, agile. Uh, but Bowman greatly appears that he has got arm talent, like serious arm talent. Right. Um, but you know that that's kind of the slate of the Big Twelve games. I don't think that you know there's there's a ton to talk about here in the Big Ten. Um, oh, I, I think there's one that's pretty interesting, I mean, and that's you know one that changes up things is going to change up you know different has not playoff implication, but you know top ten. It pretty well it might have had it some has, playoff implications. It has top ten implications as the Michigan Notre Dame game. Yeah, that for sure. Notre Dame gets beat. I mean, we're seeing them as you know. I mean, there'll be a top twenty-five team, but you know, Michigan finally has another chance to say, "Hey, put up and shut up." I know they've only got one loss um, on the year. But they have not played well in a multitude of games here. Did not play well against Iowa. Did not play well against Army. Um, did not look good against Penn State for most of the time. Yeah, and I think that you and I have been pretty critical of Michigan since well, I the think beginning. We should be. But You've got a head coach making $9 million yeah, a year. I just, and I they're think a 9-3 and three football team every year. Right, but I think that the – okay, you would kill for a 9-3 and three football team. I would agree, so, but we're not paying our coach $9 million. Right, hang on. So Michigan, we've been pretty critical – of of their staff, and I think that everyone in Ann, Ar- Ann Arbor, I would like to think, understands that the defense, there's no way it could be the same with losing the pieces that they lost. The offense, I think they have to be able to recognize, to take that with a grain of salt, that Zach Charbonnet is easily the most talented piece on that side of the ball. Uh, Peoples-Jones is, is okay. He's a serviceable wide receiver. But Shea Patterson has not been anything since coming to Michigan. And we've dogged on him hard. I think watching what he did in the second half, he came out rattled in the first quarter. They were down 21 to zip pretty damn quick. And he came out in the second half, and whether you want to credit it to the coaches or the play calling, a scheme, whatever, I don't care. Shea Patterson probably had his best game playing for Michigan. I would agree with that. He he responded to make that a one-score game. And if it's not for a drop by a young man who I'm sure was heartbroken afterwards in the end zone, what was like fourth and goal, and he drops this pass, that's got to be a heartbreaker for everybody involved. And I think Shea Patterson showed up in the second half. And right. and Michigan right now is favored by a point against Notre Dame. I, that's um, that's I the don't, Big Ten game I'm going to be fired up to watch. What I, I, don't, I don't think that they're uh, – well, okay, so again, they're telling you that Notre Dame's two points better on a on a neutral field, I think is how I read that. I honestly think Notre Dame's way way better than that as compared to Michigan. Um, I think Notre Dame should be favored by at least four here. Um, but that's just that's my humble opinion and I, I I don't know, you could take that with a grain of salt. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't touch this game in terms of betting. I, I don't think we we know what we're gonna get out of Ian Book. In that offense, I right. think they've been pretty damn inconsistent themselves. I, I honestly, I'm, I'm rooting for Shea Patterson because he has been nothing but dogged on here for the last how many weeks, and he finally kind of played a complete second half of that game. 
I want to see him go out. I want to see them beat the brakes off a Notre Dame team. That would kind of be fun to watch, truthfully. Right. I don't enjoy this whole Notre Dame getting credit for being a, you know, like, oh, they're a top 10 team because of Notre Dame. But who have they beat? They lost to Georgia. Yeah, that was a good football game. On that Notre Dame coast by Cincinnati. On this. Cincinnati's a top 25 team. Yeah, but it's not like they beat the brakes off them. I think I think they did, didn't they? What was that score? Regardless, Notre Dame does not play a conference schedule, does not have these games in and out every week. Oh, no, I lied. I'm sorry. They didn't play them. Yeah, you're full of shit. I, uh, my bad. I swore they did. You don't know a damn my thing. Fault. My fault. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. What's the rest of the Big Ten slate look like? Uh, you mean from this week or next week? This upcoming week. Upcoming week. Upcoming Saturday. Um, game day is probably going to Wisconsin at Ohio game State. Game day is going to Brookings, South Dakota. Is it really? Shout out to my SDSU friends. Little Jackrabbers. The Jackrabbits. First of all, it makes me feel a little bad because like we were pretty pumped to get game day, but now it doesn't feel that cool anymore that SDSU has it. That's a good point. NDSU getting it is one thing because they've won like 19 national championships. <laughs> 19 national championships in the last 15 years. SDSU has won none. And have yeah, but like, they got a cool mascot. Yeah, but they have like a total of 343 fans. How did you – where did you see that? Was that on Twitter already? It's been everywhere. It was there since last week. Never yeah, even because saw they're it. playing NDSU. It's the, it's the game for the Dakota mile marker or whatever. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Um, Wisconsin, Ohio State. Um, Obviously, that's a big game, Cole. We could talk about that. I, I don't really need to talk about it that much. I'm just saying. You just asked me. Well, um, we haven't talked about uh, the biggest event of the weekend yet, though, have we? No. And maybe we'll save that for Heat Index, probably. I'm going to save that. I'm gonna save that for Heat Index. Sure. All right. My bad. Um, I think Penn State at Michigan State's a sneaky game. Um, I feel like we've been saying this about Michigan State the last three weeks. Hang on, wait a minute. I think that it's it's being bought into with their name. Michigan State is catching six and a half points at home from Penn State. Penn State's going to wallop them. There, Michigan State can't even score. They're they're deep. Do you know what Michigan State's offense is ranked nationally? Not good. I'm assuming one hundredth. That's bad. They're horrible on the offensive side of the ball, and they're about to face the most athletic defensive front they've seen all year, probably outside Ohio State. Right. Actually, no, I'm going to double down. The most athletic defensive front they've seen all year. I could probably agree with you. Michigan State's going to score 10 points. Penn State's going to put up 30. Here's the deal. I don't know if Penn, Penn State really hasn't blown anybody out outside of Maryland yet this year. That's true. That's true, and we've seen that Maryland's a fraud. Yeah, so uh, that yeah, that is uh, that was one of my notes here on um, my Big Ten around the league showed even more fraud capability with the elephant in the room. But we'll touch on that in a little bit. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's kind of keep rolling here. Um, Dan, where do you want to? We were all fired up that Wisconsin Ohio State was going to be. You know, one of the games of the. It was going to be a top five matchup until Wisconsin did what they did this week. Shame on you. It just, oh man, yeah. I mean, I it, but but I think the fact that that happened really adds a little bit of a layer to what's going to happen. Right, because what if Ohio State f- around and gets beat this weekend? Gets beat this weekend. Yeah, what if they get beat? Beat by who? Wisconsin. Oh. Dingling. So I thought you were talking like they didn't. Never mind. Christ. Um. So let's uh Are we gonna go to heat index? Yeah, sure. Oh man, you brought the goodies, didn't you? 
my brother. The Vetter Equipment Heat Index. The Vetter Equipment Heat Index. Don't give them credit. Taylor's back if you missed him. Uh, yeah, let's go into heat index here. Uh, let's, uh, we're obviously just going to start with our hot teams here. Dan, who is your hot team? Big 12. Rock, chalk, Jayhawk. That's a, no. that's a terrible pick. That's a terrible pick. Are you kidding me? Taking Texas to the wire. I don't care. They may not win another that's game all right. season. But embarrassing Texas on their own network, you know, on a Saturday night in Austin. Should have won. Here's the deal. They probably still will only four, win four games this year. And Les probably will still be gone in a year or two. Yeah. But you know what? They got some mojo. Anyone who can go in and try to embarrass Texas like that, and even did embarrass them seeing that. I saw a lot of Carter Stanley horns downs. Good. Um, you know, go KU. No, I, I think what you meant to say is uh, peace up, A-Town down, Dan. I don't really know what that means. But Ursher and Lil John. <laughs> if you think for one second that I'm not going to put a little sound drop in there, a little peace sound up. beat. Yeah! <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give us both credit here, Dan, to start my uh, portion of the Big Twelve Heat Index hot team. You and I could be super chalky all the time, right? And we're we're putting well, our, we're pick put, Ohio State or Oklahoma every week. Dan, shut your to. filthy mouth for a second. We could do that every week. We could just say Oklahoma is hot. We could just say Baylor's hot because neither of those teams have lost a game. Ohio State, Minnesota, Wisconsin until recent events. We're putting ourselves out on a limb there. That being said, I'm really not going to put myself out on a limb because I don't think I've picked them once yet this year for a heat index, looking back at some of my notes, and maybe I have. But Baylor's going to be my hot team this week. You picked them last week, you clown. Did it really? Yeah, that probably doesn't surprise <laughs> me. I don't know, dude. I don't keep track of this shit. I'm just here for the party. Baylor going on the road, beating an Okie State team in an environment that should have been hostile, but it wasn't because their fans decided not to show up. Takes care of business, 35 points in the second half. We touched on it earlier. Baylor's my hot team. Baylor's undefeated. Baylor's Baylor is undefeated. Baylor's Baylor, a good football team. Baylor is way better than I think anyone thought they were going to be, and I had a little hot take at the beginning of the year saying that they were going to uh, – we're saving that for a minute. I had them at the beginning of the year finishing in the top three of the Big 12. Looks like it's going to happen at it, this point. It looks like it's going to happen. And I'm going to be honest, it was just kind of one of those things where you take a flyer that something's got like plus 800 odds on and you put 10 bucks down and this is what happens. Right. Total accident. Total accident. Now, does Matt Rule stick around for more than a year? That, that sounds like it should have been a promo for like a new on CBS this year. Does Matt Rule stick around? Okay, now you sound like an idiot. Uh, who's your uh, Who's your hot Big Ten team, Dan? Who's my hot Big Ten team? Yeah. All right. This has been. They've quietly. Oh my God! You're gonna do the same thing. They've I'm quietly do. come out, and they are one game away from bowl eligibility. The Indiana Hoosiers. God, why do you have to do this to me? Are my hot Big Ten team? Son of a mother truck! Quietly <laughs> sitting there at five and two. Um, surprisingly, I don't know what. I you know what as I soon as you said s- surprise as soon as you said surprise I knew the you were Indiana go- the the fighting Hoosiers the of fighting Indiana. Bloomingtons 
How about it? How about it? Five Dude, and two. I, I know. I would have never. Beat a bad Maryland team, but hey, they're going to play in a bowl game. Um, how high were we all on Maryland to start the year? Oh, dumpster fire. It was bad. It's, it's been not. It's been pretty pretty bad, not good. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Indiana's my hot team, too. Quietly to a five and two record. A quiet place. They Indiana. go. They go to Nebraska. Nebraska. Oh, dude, Indiana could win that game. Indiana's gonna win that game. Oh, that's shit. minus one Nebraska. If you don't take Indiana on the money line, sprinkle some on the money line. Salt Bay, sprinkle that on the money line. I like that. I like that a lot. Indiana's. Indiana can put up some points now, fella. Let me tell you. Well, that one. Oh man, what's the Nebraska fan base gonna be like if they lose that game? Real salty. Scott Frost is going to lose his job if he loses to Indiana. They're going to be pissed. Yeah, they're going to be pissed. It's enjoyable. All right, you know it's so awesome. All right. Okay, so uh, so cold teams. The other end. Let's uh, let's go to our uh, cold as ice teams. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Danny boy, who uh, let's let's stick with the Big Ten. Who's your Big Ten? Cold as ice, and you and I are gonna have the same one here. So let's just get it out of the way. Elephant in the room. How, how do you go to Champaign, Illinois, and lose? How does that happen? Fun fact: that is, they were the largest underdog in an FBS Power Five, no, an FBS matchup to win. Since Iowa State beat Oklahoma on the road with Kyle Kemp as quarterback, in dude, 2017. you're you're crushing this. Did you know segment because I didn't have some of these and I I didn't get a chance to find a and I didn't even write this shit down. This shit I just remember. Quite. That good for you. I'm proud of you because that's usually how my how my little did you know segment goes. I just I didn't really retain any of the information that I that I saw on Sports Center, but that does not surprise me because they were retain anything useful. But yeah, stuff fair I enough. None of us can really. Well, they were plus 31, I think. So yeah. they were 31-point underdog. And I, I want to say that I think I saw the money line on that game was like a 35-1. to 1. Yeah, I think, yeah, had like, you put like 10 bucks on Illinois, you would have... You might have paid for your mortgage for about a year. That might have... That, that right there makes me want to start gambling. Right there. Like, I'm going to start doing that. I'm just going to start throwing five bucks down on gigantic underdogs every week. What do you got to lose? Five bucks? Five bucks. That's yeah. about it. And then when one hits, like imagine being the person that puts five bucks down on the Appalachian State game, Michigan in 2007 or whatever that was. Right. Crazy. Crazy awesome. Um, well, I, I we talked about it a little bit with the Iowa State thing. Like I, I kind of sense there's going to be a bounce back there. They're going to come in and play angry. Like imagine what that. What are we talking about oh. right now? What did you just do? What hard left did turn? you just rip your ass Oh, what hard luck? What, are you still talking about Wisconsin? Yeah, I was just saying. I think Here's they're the going to come out. Wisconsin for me, that was like the classic trap game. Like Ohio State, you've gotten the sights next week. Yes. Biggest matchup of the Big Ten regular season. Oh, we've got little old Lovey Smith washed up Illinois here. Um, not going to happen. I heard a a funny. I was listening to some podcasts today, and I can't remember which podcast it was. I've I've got about four college football podcasts in rotation that I listen to during the day, and um, sounds like you're getting a lot done at work. Cole. Well, no, like honestly, it's just kind of background noise for the most part. But I was on the road a little bit today and had a chance to listen. Uh, I don't remember which one it was. Anyways, they made a good point. Like you think about Lovey Smith being an NFL coach and having defenses in that era where running backs were a priority. 
Like, I think he was a Chicago Bears coach when I want to say even, like, Matt Forte was on the team. and I think it was prior to that. Was it? Yeah. Anyways, his defenses were built Rex to – Rex Grossman was a quarterback. His defenses were built to stop the run. What does Wisconsin do? That's all they do is run the damn ball. They're, they're not going to put the ball in Jack Cohen's hands to throw the ball down the field because that's not what he's good at. So Lovey, Lovey Smith had the right scheme in place, and if there's a team that was going to beat and trip Wisconsin, you know, we all didn't see it because we were sitting here drinking the Kool-Aid, and I'm guilty as charged. Classic trap game, though. Look oh, ahead, for sure. For sure. Drop a bad one on the road to a bad Illinois team. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so they're going to have a – I think they're going to have a serious bounce-back game here against Ohio State. All right, in uh, Frank Gallagher fashion, I'm going to uh, – this is just guest talk, so nobody listen to what I say. <laughs> Everyone but listen. In Frank Gallagher talk, I'm going to pick the Purdue Boilermakers over Illinois this weekend. Um, hopefully my grandpa doesn't listen. How much are you wagering? Because Purdue's minus eight. So that means they got to win by eight and a half or nine points for you to win. Mm. I'll say six bucks. Six bucks. Okay, that's a no. No high money. No, listen, we're not we're doing. Not we're this. not doing money here. That means that means next Monday when we record, you have to come back down here and you have to take three shots of fireball if Illinois loses by less than eight or wins the game. They won't win the game. They're Illinois. Um, oh, this I'm is going with be the Boilermakers. I agree to that. I will take three shots of fireball, but. Uh, I just hope my grandpa Hall isn't listening because he is an avid Hawk fan. He is the type of guy that will sit in his underwear and smoke cigarettes at the kitchen table while the Hawk game is playing in the living room. Well, you and he's not even watching it; he's listening to it on the talk radio. Well, we're the same. We're just replace Iowa Hawkeyes with Iowa State Cyclones, and that's what we're doing. Well, yeah, just you don't want to see my grandpa in his underwear. It's terrible. I don't really want to see anybody in their underwear, not even myself. So, except for I me, bitch. Yeah. Um, so, uh, big 12 cold team, uh, does your cold team come from the same game as your hot team? Yeah, comes it does. From? It's you and I are on that one too. You I guys, just, what are they going to do right now? I, I, until they get healthy. Fire Todd Orlando. No, Todd Orlando is one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. That ain't going to happen. Know, um, until they get healthy though, we've seen a real lack of depth on that team office for them recruiting the way they do year in and year out. Um, real lack of depth on both sides of the football, and they're going to get healthy at some point. But as they get healthy, more guys are going to get banged up. Right. Um, I just don't know where the light at the end of the tunnel is for this Texas game. And I told you this earlier, I think it was yesterday, in a text message conversation. Texas is the best they've played all year was a seven-point loss to LSU where they still gave up 50 points. That's accurate. I mean, well, and they still played pretty good against um, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma, and you and I said it too that it never felt like they were going to win that game. No, it didn't. But they kept it close. They were in the game. I mean, it ended thirty four twenty seven, which I mean, it's it's better than any of us probably could have predicted. That have a little extra whiskey at the bottom there, Danny. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, so so moving forward here, week nine preview. We've we've hit on actually pretty much all of these: Wisconsin, Ohio State, OSU at Iowa, Iowa State. Penn State at Michigan State, um, Notre Dame at Michigan, Iowa at Northwestern. That's a sneaky game because Pat Fitzgerald, Pat Fitzgerald has trained his team to beat Iowa. And then out of conference, Big Ten or Big 12, really nothing going on in the Pac-12, truthfully. 
Um, LSU and Auburn. Auburn goes into Death Valley. That is a top 10 matchup. Uh, I think Auburn is a lot better than people give them credit for. Um, I believe that they are a 9. Is this an LSU trap game with them looking head to Alabama? No, I don't think so at all. Uh, you can't take a number nine team, number nine team lightly. Well, we saw beat the pants off Florida not that long ago. Oh, that's what I'm saying. And Florida was a number seven. It was a number yeah. five versus number seven type thing. Uh, this this game they're going to go in. I think they're a twelve and a half point favorite. I see it being just a little close in that. I think it's maybe a ten point victory for LSU, and maybe I'll be wrong here. But uh, Bo Nix kind of showed some of his f- freshman capabilities or lack thereof in Gainesville and turn the ball over in some really crucial spots. And this LSU defense is even better than Florida's. So it's going to be a tough test for Auburn. And I think they end up losing the game by 10, um, but we'll see what happens. Um, so I guess moving forward from there, um, you guys obviously know that I'm a gambling fiend for lack of a better term. I like doing it. I don't ever risk high dollar amounts. It's just not, it's, it's not that fun for me. Like doing 10, $20 bets here and there. 20 very rarely. Um, last week, I was 3-1 and one on my locks. Uh, we locked up SMU uh, minus 7.5 Temple for you. That one's a hitter. Uh, Florida minus 5.5 at South Carolina. That one's a hitter. Purdue plus 18.5 at Iowa. That one's a hitter. Pitt at Syracuse is the one that we missed on. Uh, that one was plus 3. Uh, Syracuse ends up losing that game. So 3-1, and one, that pushes our record to 17-12. and 12. So I'm gaining ground. I'm going to keep trying to get these 3-1 uh, and one weeks going, hopefully more 4-0s and o's, uh, than 3-1s, and ones, but who knows how that's actually going to work out. Um, I've got a couple of, I don't know, different ones, and, and we've got Taylor Hall sitting in for uh, Dan right now with the, uh, with the potty break ensuing. I uh, I don't mean to interrupt right now, Cole, but uh, I'm looking at Dan's notes here, and he's got the cold and hot takes – um, and then you go further down, and then all he has is a hairy man unit uh, drawn on his notes. I That's not surprising, because I'm pretty sure all he does is dream about hairy man units. Yeah, I think that's all he's been thinking about all night. Um, really don't know what to think about these notes. It's very veiny triumphant. It's pretty veiny, pretty huge. Small balls. Um, so, kind of wish he would have handed me the notebook before he drawn that um <laughs> i i usually don't say i'm a lot in speeches but holy cow well, you're this, dumb this is uh dumpster fire of notes so my my three locks this week i've only got three i didn't find very many i was intrigued by um you know like i said there are a couple here um that i wrote down that i'm gonna do you know i announced earlier that i'm gonna kind of give you here again Penn State minus six and a half at Michigan State. Um, that one's pretty easy. I think they're going to win that game by three scores. Iowa at Northwestern. Northwestern has proved previously that they're going to keep that game close no matter what. Uh, Northwestern plus six and a half. OSU at Iowa State. So I'm taking two local games here. I'm taking Iowa State and the points. Uh, we're going to get this game at home. Uh, we alluded to it earlier. Lots of turnovers. We're going to be able to create the turnovers, make them one-dimensional, take that running game away, take Chubba Hubbard away. It's going to be pretty easy, I think, if we perform correctly, 
to take the running game away and then force Spencer Sanders into some pretty bad throws and some pretty pretty weird spots. There's a couple other ones here. I, I, I'm kind of unsure about this Notre Dame-Michigan game, and like we talked about earlier, the Indiana-Nebraska. I'll take the Indiana plus one. I think they're going to win that game, but um, – I've been dead wrong several other times, but well, I'm just I've just got three on the board right now. I might add a fourth one on Twitter here before too long. So, um, yeah, those are my locks of the week. And and with that, I guess we'll move into some cash considerations. Danny, do you wanna do you wanna talk about the game that we picked out for this week? What what did you say to me? How did we decide how, what we were gonna do? I just said pick a random random ass game. No, sure, I, I think verbatim it was find the dumpster fire ACC game. Oh, this week. Well, I. <laughs> So, anyway, if you did not hear this, I lost our cash oh, consideration. Oh, speaking of which, there you go. There's that bottle of Fireball. Taylor, Chug you're driving buddy. me home. Uh, Danny lost the cash considerations last week. I took, uh, once again, Utah minus 13 and a half. You know, just pass it around. Let's just polish that bad boy off. Oh, man, dude. you We said two shots. You definitely took four and a half out of that thing. Pass it around. Pass it around. Dan lost the bet for two shots, and uh, he's – Judging by this bottle, he's four. Uh, going for four, um, and that's two drinks. Luckily, I don't know, Dan's, Dan's married, so he doesn't have to go home by himself. Pass that. That was that, There's a reason I don't drink that shit. Good God. So oh. we're, we're going. Yeah, that's bad. That's real bad. Tastes oh, like high school. On. We're uh we're going we're going it's not necessarily a dumpster fire ACC game but we're gonna go battle for the for the Tar Heel State baby. Duke. Is that what it's called? Is the Tar Heel State? I don't fucking know. South Carolina. No. Is it North Carolina like the fucking North Carolina? It's like the Honeybee State or something gay like that. Pretty sure. I don't know, but uh, we're going Duke at UNC. Uh, Dan's taken the three and a half that UNC is favored by. He's taken the Fighting Mac Browns. Yep, the Fighting former Texas Longhorns. I don't know if you saw this, but UNC lost in what was a six overtime game this weekend. I to did Georgia see Tech. that. There were uh, four consecutive missed game-winning field goals. Yep. Boo. That's so. Terrible. I expect them to come out in a big way this week, or a big letdown, one or the other. Well, that's the drink. More no, I agree, shit. and that's why I'm taking uh, Duke to go out and absolutely pummel them because I think that's going to happen. And you're only giving me three and a half points, and I think you need to give me more than that, but here you are already agreed to the minus three and a half. So here you go. What are we betting on this time? Uh, that's I think I came up with the fireball shots idea, so I think it's your turn to come up with a wager. What do you think? I think um, if Dan wins, Cole has to change his Twitter handle to Dan's bitch for – Nope, I don't agree to that. <laughs> you can't not agree. Sure. I, well, I just did. Did you just hear me? I just did not agree to the terms of the wager. All right, let me think of something. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't just not agree. That's the bet. Good God. <laughs> All right, okay, so. Or, no, no, no. You have to change your Twitter picture to screenshot of my choosing. No. Um, <laughs> no, here's the thing. The 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 fireball thing is is a good is a good barometer because it's it's black and white across the board. Like I, if you lose, I don't want to choose a screenshot to put up as your Twitter handle. I'm not saying you have to. I that's but it need. Like, I just the, want to tweet for a the week. wager needs to be the same, regardless. Right. You know All what right. I'm saying? Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, Taylor has something. I vote uh, whoever loses has to change their Twitter pick to the same Twitter pick 
the other person has and then tweet people will never know who's tweeting all they do is look at the at the pic <laughs> you mean the name won't give it away or the twitter handle won't give it away well well okay okay oh. listen here you change your name keep your twitter handle change your picture and your name but aren't you to whoever's name aren't you only allowed to change your name or twitter twitter handle no 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 you no 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 you keep your handle you change the name you oh, can change your name to i see okay harry dookie if you want harry dookie <laughs> okay but you change you. your picture and you change your name to the same picture that they have and okay so dan i would be honored to do that because i think tilly tilly is your uh profile picture i'd be honored to do that i hope i lose cole if you lose your dan harmson I don't know. I but, think we got to come up with something a little bit more humiliating here in the interim. Well, that's what's humiliating is you can tweet whatever the hell you want. And it'll be super embarrassing. <laughs> Give him the microphone back, you idiot. No. <laughs> I thought, okay, okay. All right, let's just drink more Fireball next week. How about that? Okay, I like that. <laughs> we'll just keep going with the Fireball thing. All right, Cole's Did You Know segment. Dan already came up with a couple of sweet ones here. Um I, I really only got one, um, and it just kind of alludes to the baseball talk that we're going to get into next here real quick before we uh, wrap this bad boy up for the night. Um, 1980s, uh, excuse me, 1980, Phillies win their first ever World Series in their franchise history. And uh, believe it or not, actually, second part of the did you know, the Philadelphia Phillies are – what could be considered, I guess, verbiage might be different. The longest tenured sports city and name of a sports franchise in the history of American sports is the Philadelphia Phillies. What do you have, Taylor? You've been a, quite the mic stealer lately. On Coles, did you know Dan Harmson is a virgin? <laughs> Taylor Hall's drunker than 10 Indians. How are you? Bad day at work. <laughs> Bad day at work. How are you getting home? That's all I, I think I'm going to make him sleep on the couch upstairs. <laughs> Christ almighty. All right, so uh, we're going to go into face-off here. All Dan. right. Um, and this is kind of a little bit more opinion-based and the same thing with the last one. And I technically won the face-off from last week. But hang on. Shut your filthy mouth. You shut up, Dan. I technically won, but... I think that you can really argue the trick play scenario either side, and you're not wrong, but you're not necessarily right either. So that being said, I think it's a 51 to 49. I'm not sure I win some days, and I'm not sure Dan wins some days type of thing. So we're just going to leave it at that. It depends on how you view it. So moving forward, we're going to face off number two here, and we're going to jump into a little bit of Cubs talk. Um, we're going to talk a little bit here and face off on whether or not David Ross should be the next manager. And I guess I'll let Dan have the honors. He can either elect to defer the kickoff or receive the kickoff. Would you like to defer or receive, Dan? I'm going to defer. Okay. So I am going to receive the kickoff, and I am heading into the north end zone here. Uh, I am going to argue for David Ross to be the manager. Um, not necessarily a stance I agree with, but – it is something I can see. 
and something that I can get on board with. David Ross has a very good grasp of the modern concept of baseball, the analytical side of things, the relationships he has in the clubhouse with guys like Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo. Well, Chris Bryant, assuming that he actually gets to say and stay and isn't traded away for pieces, which I think will happen. I think that the front office is looking for a little bit more of, dare I say, a puppet in the clubhouse. They're looking for someone who's going to execute their game plan based on the data they have, based on the player analytics that they have. And they think that David Ross is that guy because he has spent now upwards, I think it's his second year in the front office after that after that World Series. They're, they're looking for someone that'll kind of do and say what they want necessarily that has a good management type personality to contain the personalities that are there, which really they're not that abrasive in terms of personalities. Like Rizzo's... Rizzo's a team guy. I think isn't the whole reason they want to fire him is because they say he can get after guys the way that Joe I've, I've heard that. That was my next point. I was going to say is that he has had a reputation in the past and even gotten on one of his best friends in John Lester in scenarios where maybe Lester's dogged it doing whatever. I mean, pick a scenario. Rossi has jumped his bones and given him the business over not hustling, etc. David Ross, he's an old school guy with a new school mentality, which is kind of a perfect storm that they're list, uh, that they're looking for. So I can see why they'd want to hire David Ross. I'm not sure I'm on board with the idea, but I like David Ross. I like David Ross as a person. I like him as a baseball player. I like him as, hell, even a bench coach. But if they want to put him in a managerial role, great. Give him a shot. I don't think he has enough experience, but where do you get experience? It's trial by fire. So let's see how it works out. If it if it doesn't work out two and a half years from now, you can shake hands and part ways and everybody's none the wiser. That's my stance. Dan, let's hear it. All right. First of all, I got to say things. As a lifelong Cubs fan um, and someone who's very partial, obviously, to the 2016 World Series team, um, I don't believe David Ross should get the job. I don't believe he's deserving of the job. But it will hurt a little bit to see him, even though he's with the Cubs for, what was it, two years? I believe that 16-year was Lester's second year on the team. And the whole reason he became a Cub was because he was Lester's comfort catcher in Boston and in Chicago thereafter. I'm Sorry, not to interrupt you. I would like to see the data on how many times Lester had someone not named David Ross catch for him 2015 through 2016. Not very many. Not very many. I bet it's like three. Sorry. I bet it's innings. I bet it's not games. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Continue. It will hurt me a lot, and especially because Theo and Jed have made this point of keeping David Ross in the front office for this very role. Um, but we've seen it. They've interviewed Joe Girardi. They've interviewed Gabe Kapler. Um, Joe Espada is going to get his second round of interviews right now. It'll hurt me to see us lose David Ross to somebody else because I think he's a fan favorite. Um, you know, everything else. This being said, I do not believe this Cubs team is in the mode yet of tear it down to the studs and completely rebuild. I think this Cubs roster is in a retool. I think there's still quality in terms of starters. Kyle Hendricks, John Lester, if he has a bounce back year, and you Darvish, if he pitches the way next year he did the second half of the season, is your ace. 
Um, I feel like there's a lot of talent in the infield. Um, the outfield needs a little bit of reshuffling, but I feel like there's a lot of talent still in this Cubs roster, and they're going to be more looking at how do we retool this roster to maybe we don't, you know, World Series is not in our plans for 2020, but it might be for 2021. Um, and breaking in a rookie manager is not the way to do it. A guy who has no experience doing it, um, a guy who I understand Ross was supposed to be the guy who got in everybody's face, things like that, but to me, Guys who are some of your best friends, Anthony Rizzo, John Lester, things like that. How much I know they have respect for you, David Ross, but how much, you know, you take Cole, that's like me stepping up and getting in your face. Like, I don't think you're doing this well. How are you going to take that? You know, um, for me, I think he's just a little bit too close to the organization. I think they need some fresh ideas. Um, we've seen them restructure the whole front office, uh, restructure their whole scouting department. If we're truly looking at a Cubs rebirth and the way they do things, we need new ideas. We need new ways. And I think Joe Espada is the guy taking ideas from what are currently two of the best franchises in the American League, the New York Yankees, and especially the Houston Astros. Um, for me, I hate to see David Ross going somewhere, and it sounds like if he does not get the job, he's going out to Los Angeles with Joe Madden. But for me, I just think David Ross will be a continuation of the Joe Madden era. That's my point. All right. Fair enough. I dig it. I think you and I can both say with full confidence that that neither one really has a bad point there. So we'll uh, we'll leave that up to a Twitter vote uh, once again. Um, Dan, moving forward, what's your fail of the week? Um, my fail of the week, first of all, this is a young gentleman I want to talk about. Um, his name is Chauncey Rivers. Um, Chauncey Rivers... Um, is a six foot three, two hundred seventy five pound defensive end for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, was voted, played in thirteen games last year, had a good season. Um, was voted preseason All SEC. Uh, the reason Chauncey Rivers is my fail of the week is he showed us all Joe Burrow's ass on national television. <laughs> Folks, Joe Burrow had his Heisman moment on Saturday. That <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's a good one. I like that one. I like that one a bunch. So, Chauncey Rivers, congrats. You are a fail of the week. I love that. Or or Joe Burrow's belt could be the fail of the week. Yeah, blame Nike, I guess. If you think about it. Um, my fail of the week is going to be the Florida State Seminoles, where they are down by two points with the ball on their own 20-yard line with like a minute 45-some-odd left to go. Uh, maybe even less than that, and they botch two plays in a row with no timeouts left to not even move the ball forward at all. Like All they had to do was drive down just a little bit. I think they'd beaten Wake Forest seven times in a row. Just Florida State looking like a full dumpster fire. When How long does Willie Taggart have there? It sounds like uh, the, the attitude coming out of uh, Tallahassee is – Basically about another three months. Could that be a job Mike Gundy takes? No. All right. No, I don't think so. Um, I. No, I don't think so. I For some reason, I get this Pac-12 vibe with Mike Gundy. Um, I think that the way that he's rolled his offenses through the years, I think that he's got this spread them out, score a shitload of points type attitude. I think that's what he's going to – that's where he's going to stick to. I mean, it could be one of those things where um, – a team like Oregon State 
I mean, UCLA. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I think they're going to stick with Chip a little while longer. I think Chip's he's shown just a couple quick flashes here. Now, granted, hey, Oregon State is second in the North right now. Don't you talk shit about the Beavers? No, 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 no. Excuse me. I did not talk any shit about the Beavers. Uh, they are second at two and two, which wow. Um, I don't know. It's just it's one become of those a things. power three this year. Yeah, really, <laughs> it really has. It's between the the Big Twelve, Big Ten, and SEC. Really, I mean, I, it, Clemson has got nothing. I don't think. But um, okay, so anyways, uh, we're gonna. I think we're gonna wrap it up there, Danny. What else you want to talk about? What What's been weighing on your mind? Anything? How you feeling? Are you good? I'm I'm doing good. Taylor, do you have any closing thoughts to depart think, us with? I think Taylor's pickled right now. I, maybe we ought to keep the microphone out of no, his face. I got. I, he's got some. He's got some. I I, I want to hear he's, one more. Taylor, how's harvest going? Uh, it's wet. That's all I got. Very insightful. Thank you so much. Well, it's, it's, it's the rain. Yeah, <laughs> our our first guest on this pod was very influential person. Very, very, very influential. First guest won't be the last, baby. No, definitely not. Won't be returning also. Yeah, also also will not be invited back. Calm bullshit. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Taylor's going to be invited to the very first reaction show we ever have where we get down here on like a Saturday night at like 7.30 and we're just torched. That's going to be fun. Just all I of, hope you cut most of what I've said out. I just It'll be this. I hope so too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, with that, I think we're uh, we're gonna sign off for the evening. I think we had a uh, a good a good run here. Taylor, thanks for your, thanks for your contributions, even though you're a full idiot, drunk idiot, drunk idiot. All right, Danny. Thanks to our audience. Taylor, hey, if you haven't figured out, look at the new Facebook page. Cool setup. Yep. Look us there. Um, vote. Share it with your friends. Pretty easy to share off the Facebook. Off the Facebooks. Um, I just call it the Facebook. Your oldest. Um, but no, check it out. I think that'll be good if you don't not, not on Twitter on the Twitter sphere, on the internet. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, uh, have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll hope to catch you back here on uh, on Monday or Sunday evening. Share it on your Facebook. Put it on your Insta story. Snapchat too, baby. Thanks, Cole. We'll see you guys there. Go Clones. Song tonight. Well, we're